The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email spots. clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome back to Gray Hat SEO Month on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this month we're talking to great SEOs to learn what separates a best practice from a bad practice in search. Joining us again today is Dan Petrovich, who is the director and owner of Dijon, a digital marketing agency offering SEO, PPC, and content marketing services that is known for their technical and strategic SEO solutions for big brands and e-commerce companies. Yesterday, Dan and I started off talking about some link building strategies, and the conversation took an interesting turn talking about how Dan has managed his way through a manual penalty for his brand. So we're going to continue the conversation and get onto that very shortly. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, on with the show. Here's the rest of my conversation with Dan Petrovich, director and owner of Dijon Marketing. So I guess the question here is you started on this journey to create a, a new domain. You're migrating your your website, your content, your link profile to this new domain, and then you're depenalized, right? The penalty is removed. What's the process there after you go through and Google reconsiders and takes the penalty away? Yep. Do you continue to do the migration or do you just yes. go back to the old domain? Nope. My domain migration was a genuine maneuver. When it comes to our link profile, it is genuine. It is earned. There's too much good stuff. It's harder to link earn than link build. I don't want any links that I built in the past. In fact, those three categories are flagged with the cause of the penalty. I didn't want them. It's like I used an analogy, you know, like you have a bathtub full of water and you're getting a little pipette and putting little drops to fill up the bathtub extra. Why would I do that? 
I have a phenomenal link profile. Why would I be asking for random extra links because I have enough of authority links already? Mm -hmm. So one interesting thing is that uh, John Mueller joined in the discussion. He wanted to clarify something that if I just copy my domain exactly byte for byte Mm -hmm. and Google goes, well, it's a duplicate. They could actually change how they perceive the website and say, well, this new site is the new migrated site. Mm-hmm. We'll just treat that as the same. It will pass the signals. He didn't say links. Mm-hmm. We'll pass all of the signals to the new domain. Mm-hmm. It was very valuable insight and something I knew about and something I wrote about. I call it, or they call it link inversion. It's when there are multiple copies of the same document on the web, particularly PDFs, because you can't change PDFs. It's always the exact copy. Right. The copy that's seen as the highest authority copy becomes the canonical version. Every other copy folds into that. Mm-hmm. This one displays in search results and all the links from all the other copies are then inverted into the primary canonical copy as determined by Google. Right. And you can see those links in Search Console. I've seen this long time ago. For example, you copy a PDF of, say, Stanford University. Mm-hmm. You become the primary owner of that PDF as determined by Google. Mm-hmm. You can now see all the inbound links for all the other copies. It's in your Search Console. Hmm. Effect is The effect is real. It's not like a a white paper or a research paper or something that's speculative. It's there. So I was worried about the old baggage, algorithmic baggage and link profile that I don't want and that I failed to disavow. This is one of my mistakes. We did some experimentation in the early days that I disavowed and I said, I don't need this. But those few things slipped through and it was the cause for the manual action. Mm-hmm. So again, my fault for not cleaning up thoroughly enough. I was relaxed. I was complacent in my belief that... And Google's fault is that they told us that they ignore the links, that they can see I'm manipulative. They're just like, oh, we just ignore those. Don't worry about it. The entire industry thought, you can't get a manual penalty anymore. It's really rare because Google's algorithms are confident enough and they will just ignore the bad links. So don't worry about it. When in doubt, just disavow for the SEO hygiene kind of reasons. But for me, it wasn't the case. So I'm going to leave the old domain dead and returning 410. We're already seeing the effect. So fewer and fewer pages in index. And Google's now indexing the new content as the canonical. What we did do, though, is change as much of the, as many bytes of the two documents as we could. So site-wide navigation, footer, header. We added the author boxes on one side and they weren't on the other side to create the biggest change in what Google remembers was the old site and the new one, just to make sure that we're not passing any signals through that link conversion and Google's own canonicalization efforts. Right. So let me ask you, now that you've migrated your site and it's essentially a duplicate of your previous content, you're sort of reformatting it so it is not an identical copy. How have you seen the performance of the two sites? So the old domain is stubbornly successful still. (laughs) And I don't seem to be able to get rid of it. So it shows me that when a website is authoritative, even if you return four or four pages, Google will still persistently try to show it in the results. However, what I'm seeing is a decline in traffic and rank for the old domain. And I'm seeing kind of like a crossfade effect. The new domain is gaining authority and is gaining rank. And it's increasing the number of queries that it's being ranked for. And its current performance for certain queries is better than the old domain. So I have migrated in total 77 links. These are really, really good links, Mm -hmm. like top industry um, authority links. 
And the other domain has something around like 13,000 links. So 77 links versus 13,000 links. And the new domain is currently ranking better than the old domain did when it wasn't penalized. What does this tell us? This tells us that Google did me a favor by issuing a manual action because there was something on an algorithmic level choking the old website. It was the old baggage. It was the random internet junk. It was the old techniques. It was the old stuff that was hindering the progress of the old website in results on an algorithmic level. Now that I've gotten rid of all that, I can finally be free. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. I guess these are the problems that you run into when you've been working on the same domain for 15 years. What's interesting and concerning to me is that you're trying to be a good actor, right? You're trying to follow the best behaviors and optimize your site to be effective, but you're not going out of your way to do black hat SEO strategies because your domain is so important. And then Google looks at a strategy that was implemented, what, five, 10 years ago yep, and is saying, okay, well, now we're going to penalize you for something. And so now you have to think back about what did I do 10 years ago, right? It's yes. like yes, even the, right. the, the government here in the United States only requires you to keep your tax information for seven years. Google can actually Same require here. you to remember your SEO strategies since the beginning of time, which is 20 years ago. Yep. That is exactly the problem. And things that weren't a problem five years ago are a problem now. You know, we joke in our office, this is why we SEOs can't have nice things. You have a nice technique that you pioneer and people kind of ruin it by spamming it for you. In fact, one of my genuine scientific initiatives was ruined by the SEO community who scanned my backlinks. I sponsored a year of science website. I think it was maybe 2009 or something like that. And we raised funds, huge amount of funds for this organization. I was really happy. They showed us the photos of their posters and t-shirts they printed. It was a genuine relationship. But then we ended up um, getting links from them and it ended up in our link profile. Suddenly, my competitors from Australia, just random people, started sponsoring this organization. I mean, the lady was overwhelmed with support. She's like, what's going on? All this money coming through. Um, and I'm thinking, must be nice. Oh my God, my competition is suddenly, of, like, imagine this of 
all the billions of things on the web that these guys, like my local competitors, could have sponsored, they're ruining my thing, my very favorite science thing. This was personal. I was really upset. I wrote to the lady and I said, you know what? You don't understand what just happened. Something on an industry level, I need you to remove my link. And, and she was really hurt. She was like, why, Dan? You've been such a help to us. And I'm like, too hard to explain. I'll just let it go. And, and I actually wrote to her. This was maybe 2010, 11, I don't know. And I said, please remove all my links. You can still mention me, just take that link away. And this is the problem because this happened very soon after that sponsorship within a year. So mm-hmm. it, it was on my radar. If something I did seven years ago gets spammy now, I won't know about it. So the best links you can get is the ones that are really hard to get. Like let's talk gray hat now. You really want to get some link and you think it's a good link to get and you do get it. Is it a good one? Well, it's a good one if your competition can't get it. If your competitors can get that link, then it's not worth getting. That's the key. If your competitors can do the same thing to get that link, don't get that link. Interesting strategies. As you think about link building today, and you mentioned that the best links are the ones that are the hardest to get. How do you think about obviously going and getting the most competitive sought after links? What's the right strategy to actually go and do really an effective link building strategy that can't be duplicated? Well, one thing changed, I guess, in the last three to four years internally with us as an agency. With all of our clients, we encouraged them to rather than work on purely link building, work on linkable assets. So in fact, this stems, stems from my research into why links exist on the web. I will share the article with you. It's called The Art of Link Earning. And it's based on my survey of what people think, why links exist on the web. It gave me a lot of ideas. So I started categorizing why links should exist on the web. It was quite an insightful survey that I did. And I followed up with a fresh one in 2016, just to see if anything's changed. And interesting thing is that the public believed and those bloggers who link, the reason that they link sometimes is because of commercial intent. I want to help my uh, fellow blogger or, you know, I want to help them. I want to send them traffic. So actually what's against Google's guidelines is part of the natural linking ecosystem. But there are many other linking reasons and categories that fall within natural patterns. So what we like to do internally is create linkable assets if they don't already exist or identify the linkable assets if they do exist on the client's website and then promote those assets in various ways through paid social campaigns, PR, manual outreach. Still like manual outreach still against the guidelines. So if you have a piece of content, you're like, hey, you know, link to this, that you're breaching the Google's guidelines. But there's very little that Google can do about that because it's the editorial choice. You've asked somebody, they said, sure, I'll write about this and I'm linking to you or I don't link to you. It's their editorial choice. So for example, you can, we in fact pay for organic links. Let that simmer a little bit Mm -hmm. in your mind. I pay for my organic links. How do I do that? I have a great linkable asset that I build for my clients. Let's say my client is an accountant. And I just ran a survey on 2,000 Australians on do they cheat on their tax return? This is a real case. Mm -hmm. So uh, we published the results of that survey on the client's website. And we invite all the local journalists to interpret the data. And we have the data in kind of a factual form. We're not writing the article. We're 
creating a, a linkable asset. So the community of journalists and bloggers are then invited to digest and write about that. It's almost uh, an infographic strategy, right? You, it, it's obviously a little definite you're using and publishing the data, but that's the intent behind people creating infographics is that they're consumable and can be commented on and can be shared. That's right. So one of my, how do I pay for those links? I then promote that, let's call it white paper. I promote that white paper on social ads. I put, say, $200 budget or $500 budget on social ads, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and I'm running ads for that content piece, for that data piece. Mm -hmm. And in my campaign, my little gauge is all the way down into the red because I'm targeting 400 people, not 400,000. I'm targeting journalists, bloggers, people who work at specific brands in hope that they'll pick it up. And so I'm paying for the outreach and it's the content piece is in front of them and they choose whether to link or not, which is what defends my clients against penalties. You're paying for the content syndication. You're not paying directly for the person to consume the content and leaving it up to them to uh, decide whether they want to write about your content or not. That's the key. There has to be editorial choice whether to link or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dan, I appreciate you taking the time. I think this was a really insightful conversation. Uh, I, uh, I'm really interested to hear about the, the, the manual penalty and how you've worked around it and, and some of your link building strategies. Thank you for being our guest. You're most welcome. Thank you. Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Dan Petrovich, the director and owner of Dijon Marketing. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Dan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can send him a tweet where his handle is Dijon SEO, D-E-J-A-N-S-E-O. Or you could visit his new website, which is DijonMarketing.com. His personal profile is DijonMarketing.com slash Dan dash Petrovic. The domain is D-E-J-A-N Marketing.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions or if you'd like to be a guest on our show, you can find my contact information in our show notes or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Schaap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us next week. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Music.